from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, you know, here with us uh, this week, and when it comes to conference tournament time, you know that Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora does things uh, very special here. Always try to push the term and give you some originality, some uniqueness, something different and exciting. And so a few years ago, about five years ago, I decided to do Orange Alumni Week during the conference tournament and get as many former Syracuse players on the show as I possibly could. And we're continuing that here in year number five. And today we're going to be featuring Hal Cohen, Josh Pace, and John Wallace trio of Syracuse players who will be here on the broadcast to wake up call with Dan Tortora having some fun with us this morning the first of them being Mr. Cohen so Hal how you doing today good Dan uh, good talking to you good talking with you as well and and uh, Hal I, I know that uh, you hail from this Syracuse area I know that you're you know hanging out here in our our neck of the woods here and and just you know the the connection that you've had to the community when you played for Syracuse and then being in the community uh, what does it mean to you to to be in the Syracuse area and to continue to be a part of the community? Well, it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun uh, since graduating. You know, I've I've lived in Syracuse uh, since uh, 1980, and uh, it's been uh, you know fun to watch the team uh, over the years. It's also been fun for my. It's been a family event. You know, we have dinner around the SU games, and we have get-togethers about the SU games, and. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great family experience, and uh, um, and hopefully for many more years. And hell for you. I mean, you got to uh, play at Syracuse, and obviously, um, you know, spend some time on the on the floor with the team, and and really get to be a part of the fabric of the history of of Syracuse University. What did that mean to you to to be able to do that? I mean, this brotherhood. I mean, I know during the North Carolina game. There, you know, John Wallace was honored, but you know the alumni were honored as well on the court. And just what it means to you to be a part of a program that's consistently honoring the players that have come through it. No, it's it's uh, it's been great, and um, you know, again, I, I said I've enjoyed it over the years. It was just great to be part of it, and it's just like you said, it's a brotherhood. It's a Always get the you know we used to have alumni games all the time and it was great to see everybody. We still get together you know uh, every other year year or so to talk and it's just like I can see you know for myself I can see you know playing on a team with Sonny Sparrow or seeing playing with Jimmy Lee or you know players like that you know it, you know it seems like they would have fit in or I would have uh, hopefully I would have fit in you know when they were playing so um, yeah it's, it's very close knit and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of colleges and everything but. Uh, um, and having lived in the Syracuse area, to be able to get to the games and get to the events and get, you know, the get-togethers and things like that uh, have been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I look forward to, again to hopefully a few more. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and like you said, there used to be those uh, those games. You know, the uh, the games that you could play up against each other, the alumni games, and uh, and I, I had some of the you know uh, former players. I mean, it was brought up on yesterday's show that. We should have that, that we should bring that back, that that should be something that's a focal point. Would you like to see the return of that? 
<laughs> well, at the stage for me, maybe yeah. But no, I would like. Oh, definitely, that was that was always fun. That was always a lot of fun, and uh, and um, I think what happened, you know, was uh, back then, back in '76 to '80, around those years, you know, people that ever uh, they graduated kind of graduated, and, and a lot of people stayed in the areas, you know, in the Syracuse, Buffalo, Rochester, Utica area type of thing. You know, that was because a lot of the players were from around. But now, since the uh, since the dome and the pearl and all these other players, uh, everybody that's graduated seems to go pro. So it's hard to get everybody back for alumni games. And uh, I think that's kind of what happened. The older guys got a little too old to play, and then the younger guys were in the NBA or you know playing professionally. So it was hard to get everybody together. But it is always good to get everybody back and, and just to talk about old times and talk about Coach Bayheim, talk about things like that, and you know, and their experiences and. Um, yeah, I would definitely uh, encourage someone to whoever to kind of continue that. You know, and we look at where uh, where things are. You know, we look at your history. Speaking here with Hal Cohen of Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History, and started back in '76, yep. and uh, Bayheim started back in '76. So, just uh, you know, what it meant for you to be a part of, you know, the ushering in of Jim Bayheim was also, you know, your your time to come out and, and not, a, you know, very few players in the history of Syracuse can say they were there in the beginning when Bayheim started his era. So just uh, what that means to you. No, I mean, looking back now, it was, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure as a high school graduate and coming in and playing and I was, my first year was coach Bayheim's first year. Or I should say it the other way around. But, uh, um, I, um, uh, we never, I'm sure we weren't thinking, geez, you know, I wonder how long he's going to last. Or, you know, we we're just worried about seeing if we could actually play on the team and, and make, you know, can make, you know, make it, yeah. you know, playing college basketball. But uh, I think uh, we got it. I mean, obviously, he got Roosevelt Bowie and Lewis Orr, you know, that same, where's my freshman year as well. So we started out with a great recruiting class, which was huge for him. And he had some great veterans to start out. You know, he had Marty Burns and, Dale Shackelford and had, uh, you know, a lot of really good, uh, Jimmy Williams, a lot of good senior, you know, players who with that team was able to win a hundred games in his first four years. So that was a nice, uh, uh, foundation for him, you know, to go on. But I don't even think, you know, and if you, we always do the math now, as you get older, you always do the math on things. And he was only about, I think 30 years old, 31 years old at the time. So he was pretty he was a young guy at that time for, for a division one coach. And, uh, so we knew he had some longevity, but I don't know if anybody thought that he would go this long, you know, or any coach. You know, being in college coaching, uh, my daughter now coaches at Potsdam State, the women's team, and uh, having you know see what goes on with coaches, you know, stuff like that. It's just it's amazing the pressure that's on these coaches to to win and to succeed, and you know, and I don't know what the lifespan of any coach is, but I'm sure it's not too long before you're on to another other job either because you want to move or because they want to move you so uh it's pretty it's been pretty incredible his run you know we look at that 40 44 years and not only that but you know dating back to Roy Danforth it is now uh, with this season being included in it Syracuse will end this season no matter what with a winning record so that is 50 straight years with a winning season. Uh, Jim Beheim has never had a losing season at Syracuse in 44 years. And six years before that, uh, you know, Roy Danforth started this run back in the early 70s. What does that mean to you as a Syracuse Orange men's basketball alumni that's, you know, Syracuse for 50 straight 
years has had a winning season no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's incredible because you think nowadays also you got to throw in the players that go to the NBA and leave your program. That before you're, you're, you've got your all set up, you know, this guy comes in as a freshman and he's, you know, pretty sure he's going to be there for four years. And then you got the next crew that comes in, so you always know you, you got these players, and if you work with them, then some guys get better. Yeah. You know, maybe occasionally somebody leaves, but nowadays you can year to year you don't know who's going to be there the next year, and then you know, then you got injuries and you got academic stuff, and so it's pretty incredible to you know, and it hasn't been like he's been, you know, twelve and twelve and or whatever, you know, thirteen and thirteen, you know, five hundred. He's always, you know, I don't even know what the lowest number of wins is. Uh, but I don't think it's. Uh, you, you, I mean, maybe you know. I don't know. I can't. Know, I don't know if it was a year where it was lower than eighteen or 16, 17 or something like that. But uh, uh, no, it's pretty. It's, it's just an incredible record. Yeah, and if we if we look back at uh, you know Jim Beheim by the years, like you said, uh, wondering uh, what the seasons were for him, what his you know maybe lowest winning season was. If you know, right now the team at eighteen and fourteen is you know is close to that you know we look at Bayheim's seasons at Syracuse and his uh, lowest amount of wins in 1996-97 was 19 and 13 after they made the run to the you know to the uh, championship so 19 and 13 uh, back then and then we're looking at season uh, 2014-15 when he was 18 and 13 so uh, 18 which he also has this year at 18 and 14 18 is the lowest amount of wins that he's had, which he currently has right now. If he wins another game, if they let them play another game, he'll have 19 and show his uh, his season with his lowest number of wins would be 2014-15. Uh, still not too shabby for uh, for a head coach to, to be 18 and 13, especially in the conference that he plays in in the conference he was in before. So, you know, I, I, think, I think, you know, the reality of it all, Hal, is, you know, uh, people get spoiled. And the expectation of 25 wins or over 20 wins and a Sweet 16 berth is, you know, it's nice to be at a college where, you know, fans can say we're supposed to be in the NCAA tournament. We're supposed to have 25 wins. We're supposed to go to the Sweet 16 because there's other teams that just hope that they get in the tournament once in a lifetime of their school. So I think it's all relative. And I think sometimes fans forget just how spoiled we are up here. <laughs> yeah. Well, having looking at it from my daughter's perspective, you know, if you can get your team to 500, that's that's a that's a plus, you know. Or a lot, a lot of coaches just want to have a winning record, you know, just to be on the plus side, or you know, to win games is, is huge, you know. And uh, and then you know, the total it takes from a family lifestyle from Coach Beheim and all these coaches is like incredible, you know. Obviously, when you win, you're, it's a euphoria, and right. when you lose, man, it's 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 devastating. You know, and, and then to carry on and to get to that next game, and so it can be very, very difficult. And that was, I think, that to me, this uh, makes this year even more special. Because when I saw him earlier this year, man, I was thinking, wow, I don't know how they're going to win any games this year. You know, I don't know if they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to make break five hundred. And then they won that game against, I guess, it was Georgia Tech after the Virginia loss or something. That they came back and won that game by. Or I crushed. I think it was George, I think it was Georgia Tech this year, and uh, and then they uh, and then they had obviously a very good year after that. But um, at the beginning of the year, I was thinking, geez, this might be the year where they're they may not make it to 500, but uh, they've done extremely well. They finished this, I think, this in the ACC, and so this has been a, an incredible year. And last night's game was just uh, was just uh, terrific. You know, it was just an amazing game and the way they played. 
I hope they play tonight. <laughs> yeah. <hey. laughs> here we go back to the family, you know. We got our whole family, you know, we got our family here watching the game. We're all, okay, th- you know, Thursday night, okay, now what are we going to do? Okay, hey, we'll get Syracuse basketball, great. You know, we got the, we're all set there. You know, so it's, uh, so we're all looking forward to it. And hopefully they can pull out a win here and then sneak by the next one. And then I think hopefully that would be good enough to get into the NCAA tournament. But Yeah, you know, and we look at this right now, and I do want to correct myself. Uh, Bayheim's worst season was 1981-82, 16 and 13. So it was uh, two losses less. So Syracuse has already passed that's that area. 16 and 13 was the worst. That's when Syracuse was in their third season in the Big East. Uh, the team went 16 and 13. And outside of that, uh, it's it's been up from there. Plenty of 20 win seasons and 30 win seasons. Uh, Bayheim went on a streak of 30 win seasons. Uh, 30. You know, I mean, we look, we look at, uh, you know, some of the things that he did. And, I mean, the NCAA wants to take some stuff away, and, and that's, you know, all well and good. But the reality of it all is the games were played, and I'm not adjusting his record by any stretch of the imagination. He has 1,065 wins. According to the NCAA, he has 964. But uh, 1,065, uh, 73% winning percentage uh, currently is where he's at, 72.7. So uh, pretty special and second all-time in you know in individual one men's college basketball which is uh pretty awesome for you what did you take away from when he was a coach and you know you came in like i said when he came in hal so you're you're a player you know he he's just stepping into being a head coach after helping out roy danforth you're a player on the team you're one of his you know incoming class you know freshmen and whatnot what was life like for you there and how would you describe jim Beheim when he first started well, I mean, again, I came in from the, I actually came from the North Country, you know, which is about two and a half hours, Canton, Canton, New York, two and a half hours north of, of Syracuse, so, yeah. you know, I was one of the, either, you know, I'm, well, one of the taller players on our team, and, uh, you know, to come to Syracuse, now I'm the smallest guy on the team, and uh, so it was a difficult transition, but uh, uh, he made it uh, a lot uh, a lot easier for me, at least from my standpoint, in terms of, you know, he was going to play, like he always said, uh, he's going to play the players who who, uh, who produce and who play hard and who, you know, do the work, you know. it's uh, no, Nobody's given anything. And, and so I think as you come in, you, you know that you've got a shot at playing and, and, and being part of the team. And uh, um, and then if you do produce, you, you play. And if you don't, you don't. And, um, you know, I think it was good. And I think he was very good at, uh, uh, you know, he overseeing things, but he let his assistant coaches – you know, Coach Patino was there at the time, and Bernie Fine, and, uh, um, and uh, uh, Coach Malone was there. So we had really good. He had really good assistants, and maybe one of the secrets of his success is, you know, as a head coach, you know, if you get too. I mean, I think my thinking is, if you get too close to any one player. They kind of skews things. If you start doing something special for one person, everybody else goes, well, you know, hey, how come that guy's doing this? How come that's happening? Well, you know, if, you know, where he had this assistant coaches, you, you were, go, you know, if you were the guards, you go to Coach Patino. If you were the centers, you went to Bernie Fine, you know, Coach Malone, you went, you know, with the forwards or whatever at the time. But, yeah. Um, so, no, it was very good. And I think uh, I, en- I enjoyed it. And um, I don't remember. I don't remember him yelling as much uh, back then. I don't remember, but I could be, you know, it's been a while. So maybe I remember he shook his head up when I used to leave my feet to make a pass and, and just kind of look at me and shake his head. But, uh, um, 
I don't remember that type of thing going on a lot. So um, I don't remember that being a very stressful situation. I don't know. And he always had a good player. You know, so obviously he's a great recruiter and he was able to get the kids to come to Syracuse. So, um, you know, I think he was very, you know, I was doing some academic work and I think he was very proud of that too, which was nice. I think he, you know, looked at me in terms of, okay, you know, he's doing basketball, but I know he's going to go on to do other things. And uh, and I think in my mind, I, whenever I met with him or talked with him, I always knew he was you know, kind of pr- proud of, of that fact. So, um, I don't know. It just was a, you know, whenever everybody talks about uh, their four years in college, you know, that was really four of the best years of my life. And just not only with the basketball, but off, off court as well. So, um, you know, and... Uh, yeah, it was just a great experience. Speaking here with Hal Cohen, uh, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, and uh, played for from '76 to '80 uh, when Beheim became the head coach of Syracuse. Was with him from the beginning. So you know, Rick Pitino, you had him as as an assistant coach on there. And what was what was life like back then? We all know that Pitino, you know, evolved into his own head coach. You know, head coach and and knows what it was like and what it took to win a national championship and was able to carry some, you know, multiple programs there and has obviously been a polarizing figure and to some people the, the Al Pacino of college basketball. So uh, what do you, what can you say about Rick Pitino being there with you? Well, yeah, obviously at the time we, we, uh, we, didn't, we didn't know what, what he would do in the future, but, uh, you know, he was, again, if you go back and do the math, which done this, he was only probably, you know, 25 years old. He was just out of college, you know, shortly out of college. And he was a good basketball player. A very good basketball player and um, very intense. And uh, one story is uh, I came down to Manly Fieldhouse and met him there. And he said, I think he was trying to, he was going to test me to see if I was any good. And uh, he said, okay, let's play one-on-one. I said, okay. Because, you know, what else was I going to say, right? Uh, I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, so I went and he says, you take it out. And I so I took the ball at the foul line to, you know, play one-on-one. And he says, where, where are you going? I said, well, I thought we were playing one-on-one. He goes, yeah. But he said, full court. I go, full court? He goes, yeah, we're playing one-on-one full court. <laughs> so I had to take the ball out underneath the basket and go all the way down to the other end. And, and we played for, I don't know how long we played for, but we played for a long time. And, you know, as a, you know, as a player, you don't want to give up. And he was pressing me from, you know, from one end to the other end, you know. And then I had to press him, you know, coming back one end to the other end. And uh, so I knew at that point uh, we're dealing with a pretty intense guy. So I'm not sure who won that game either. So. <laughs> we're going to say that you won. That's what we're going to say. You got you got the dub on that. But he's got he's got enough wins. You could take that one, Hal. So, you know, from playing one-on-one against Rick Pitino to – being a part of the the start of Jim Beheim's career, you're part of a fat. You, you, you know, you're a, you're every bit a part of the fabric of Syracuse basketball in in so many amazing ways. When you see this team, you know, continue on and these fans and setting records for attendance and you know thirty thousand people coming to a game where other teams are, you know, other schools might be getting nineteen thousand or ten thousand, whatever. I mean, Syracuse this year alone in a year where you know things felt down to some people. We're looking at the facts that, you know, uh, Syracuse had the top seven uh, attendance records for this year. And, I mean, it's it's been truly remarkable. So for you to be a part 
of Jim Beheim ushering in his time at Syracuse, Rick Pitino being here, all of those things that you got to do and, and the coaching staff you had and, and everything you got to be a part of, when you see it be what it is right now, did you ever think in a million years when you came to Syracuse and, and you started off with this new coach and wanted to see what he was all about, did you ever think that the, the world was going to see Syracuse the way it does now? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a simple answer. No, I don't think anybody did. Uh, you know, I think at that time, you know, everybody everybody's concerned about whether they're going to play or not or get, you know, grades, to, you know, what's going to happen. And uh, um, But I knew, you know, the – the formula kind of was there. I mean, he had, again, like I said, he had, he had some good players to start out with, and he was able, and then obviously getting the dome and everything like that, you know, the recruiting, uh, help with the recruiting and everything. And, but I don't think we really realized how, you know, how uh, uh, tremendous uh, the whole program would become. And, be, you know, and then and, and, and the, uh, um, followed by all the fans in the Syracuse area, which are the best in, in the country, um, you know that was that was, that's an amazing thing too. I mean, the diehard fans in Syracuse is, is unbelievable, and playing back in Manly, which I played in Manly, that was an unbelievable experience as well. I um, mean, if you came in there, you know, it was it was, you know, other team was looking to get out of there alive, you know. So um, yeah, this just uh, the whole thing came together for him. Everything just worked out, you know, perfectly for him. Um, and. Uh, uh, you know, that beginning with the, uh, with Manly, then obviously the Dome and the Pearl and everything just kind of flowed from there and having great assistance, um, you know, it, and then the, the, the tremendous following by the, you know, the fans in Syracuse. And um, again, it's been a tremendous, uh, tremendous run for him. Yeah, you know, and, and Hal, uh, speaking here with Hal Cohen, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, uh, really quick before I let you go, we take a look at, the fact that Syracuse is 4-0 this season when facing facing an ACC team that they lost to the second time around. So uh, they they avenged their losses to Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and North Carolina. 4-0 against all those teams that they lost to the first time around. Thoughts on that and and just what your your take is on on seeing that happen and and the fact that Syracuse, when they see somebody again, they're, they're making sure that they uh, they take care of business the second time. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's all about, I mean, as they always say, it's all about adjustments. And you got to get back to Coach Beheim in terms of, you know, he's a really extremely intelligent person. I mean, uh, I remember going on a plane flight with him and I see him reading some book, you know, something. It was not a sports book. I said, hey, what's that book? You know, and he was trying to explain it to me. And I was like, hmm. Um, so he's he's a very smart guy, not only just about sports, but about you know a lot of things. So my my point is that you know he, he goes back and analyzes um his, the tapes, the games, and triggers out adjustment. You've seen it in, in our even in within a single game to make an adjustment. Um, and I and a lot of it is because of how it's evolved over the years. You know, we never played. We were like a man to man, and occasionally played the zone. And then he's figured out, wait a minute, why am I spending all this time on these out-of-bounds plays and all these player teams have all these tricky out-of-bounds plays? Why am I playing the man to get burned by a back, you know, by an easy basket? Gives the other team, you know, a lot of momentum. Let's just go 2-3 zone and nobody knows how to, you know, so the, the other team just throws it in. But anyway, that's just one instance of then he, he turned that into the 
you know, playing it all the time. But uh, so it's not, it's not a surprise to me that he you know has time to figure out what to do, what they did against you, and then makes that adjustment. And and now the team team has responded. So I think that's that shows again not only his uh, you know he, it makes basically his intelligence, his basketball intelligence IQ is, is extremely high. And what did it mean to you back then, where you didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't have a Jim Beheim that was playing zone two three zone nine, you know, one hundred and fifty percent of the time? What was life like for you back then? Uh, well, you mean defensively playing against? Uh, or, yeah, yeah, uh, de- yeah, defense like defensively committing to like that's all he was going to do. <laughs> well, I think I helped him. I think I helped him uh, decide to go to a two three zone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Mar- Marty, Marty Head and I were the, 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 in the backcourt um, and, you know, my sophomore, junior, senior years. And, um, you know, we weren't the quickest of guys. And I remember playing one game against uh, uh, Temple where they had these really quick guards, you know. And so we got uh, – we, we kept getting burnt, you know, by these guys. And, and Coach Bam said – I think we're going to go two three. <laughs> I think we'll go through three the rest of the game, and uh, so uh, no, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed playing the two three. I mean, that was great because uh, as a guard, that's that's the best position to be in. Um, and I think for George Rard and, and Buddy Beheim, that's that, that's perfect. You can make steals from the point. You get in your perfect the long rebound by the foul line. You, you get those rebounds, and then you're already ready to. You know, get the outlet and go. Right. Whereas if you're playing man, you're kind of running around the court, and wherever the ball is rebounded, you're kind of may not be in that position. But when as a as a point guard or shooting guard, you're ready to go out by the following already. So, um, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> but uh, to be a part of a to be a part of Jim Beheim's era where he wasn't adamant about having to only play the two three zone. Yeah. No. I. 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 I mean, we all grew up playing man. I don't think. I don't, well, I guess we played some zone in high school, but I, I don't think it was like a, uh, a full-time thing. You know, it was always something that uh, that was kind of new to most, a lot of people. But um, but I liked it when it was a mix. But uh, I I personally liked playing the zone. You know, I I really I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, first, you didn't get burnt by all these guys, and then you're in a great position again. Like I said, to rebound or steal the ball or get the outlet. Um, you know, and. If, and but he's, you know, he's he's developed it such that it's a different thing than just your old men's league uh, two-three zone where you can get a shot anytime you want. So, um, so it's a little bit different. We were a lot smaller than than the guys that they have now. So, yep. That coming from uh, Hal Cohen here is, as you know, he he got to start off with Jim Beheim as well as uh, apparently forced Jim Beheim to go into the zone. So, with that with that, with that being said, Hal, I appreciate. Your time is always. I hear the birds chirping in the background. You're down in Florida, you know, with the coronavirus doing all it wants to do. You're down in friggin' paradise right now, enjoying life. So, you enjoy Florida on my behalf, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, Dad. Thanks. All right, take care. Thank you.